and welcome to the Lost World Minute, a minute by minute podcast reviewing the 1997 sequel to Jurassic Park one minute time. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And today we're here to discuss minute 63 of the Lost World. David, I've got to uh, come clean and eat my words and apologise. A couple of minutes ago we were talking about the Lost World, uh, the Jurassic World Lego game and uh, mm-hmm. how slavish we thought its designers stuck to the Worker Village and other sets and scenes from in the film Cannons. I will, couldn't be further from being correct. <laughs> I um I sat down yesterday and I played through uh, some of some of the uh, parts of the Lost World section of the game, uh, just exploring Sauna, uh, mainly the trailer sequence and the village sequence, and they're pretty different. Um, we won't go too far into the village stuff today because we're going to be talking about that a lot when we get to there at the end of the film. But um, yeah. Just placement of buildings, the air quotes kiln shed that um, <laughs> the team sort of Sarah and that escape from the rappers mm-hmm. in. Um, that's over yeah. beside the garage. Um, mm-hmm. Then there's another sort of similar looking building there on the opposite side where it should be. Um, yeah, it kind of looks like it's supposed to be the um, boarding house, but it's not quite. Yeah, yeah. They all all the buildings sort of those three buildings sort of follow that. Um, artistic look of the kiln shed where it's like planks with the cross beams um, mm-hmm. there isn't really a, a, a weather board or a, a timber double story building like the uh, boarding house but no. um, but we said similar when we said we are talking about Trespasser last week about how the game designers may have got designs late you, you're saying it sort of looked a lot like they referenced your map early on mm-hmm. with the radio tower and that sort of thing Oh, yeah, they definitely did. I noticed on the Worker Village, uh, an early error in my research was that there's this structure that I assumed was a radio tower. In reality, it's just a crumpled and bent over uh, water tower. Mm. But Lego, I originally, on my map, I used, I built a radio tower. And I know a lot of people have referenced that original tower in their, in their own maps. Um, there's one that I've seen on... Jurassic Park Wiki is a 3D map. I can't remember the guy of the name he made it, but his watermark is on it. And he has a radio tower. And so it's definitely an error. It's my fault. I'm going to say sorry, everybody. I put a radio <laughs> tower in Jurassic Park Lego game. Oopsie daisy. <laughs> uh, oh, it just adds that sort of artistic flair and adds a little bit more yeah. to the structures. Yeah. Um, like the gates going into the village are sort of around the side where the power plant should that, have been. That I can see why, though, because the early concept art had them on an angle. Yeah. And so they didn't kind of get expressed that way in the final concept art, or I mean in the final village, but the original, but the concept art for the um, final design, I'd, yeah, I'd call it, had it off on an angle, kind of exactly like this. Yeah, yep. Getting back to sort of what we know with the film at the moment, um, with the trailer sequence... It's sort of odd. You sabotage the hunter's camp and then you sort of take the baby Rex back to the trailer and mm-hmm. then the adults turn up. They remove the roof off the trailer and grab the baby out in their teeth and le- and put the roof back and leave. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and we get sort of the scene with all three of them, uh, Eddie, oh, not Eddie, Nick, Sarah and Ian sort of sitting there with the, with the dialogue about the uh, interesting chapter in your book and that sort of thing. And... Um, <laughs> And then, hold on, this is going to be bad, it rolls, and it goes over the cliff, 
and then you sort of pick straight back up with game players, Ian hanging from the rope below the trail, and you've got to climb up, um, avoiding obstacles that are falling at you. You get halfway up, and then the front of the trail lifts off the ground, and you've got to swap to a character up there and um, sort of hook the winch cable to the front of the RV and mm-hmm. uh, get in the M-Class and sort of drive. You've got to keep it straight, otherwise it fishtails from left to right, just like we see here in the film. Um, mm-hmm. and it's good fun and it's just one of the best things about the game especially if you're sort of free playing I was doing all the the M-Class stuff as Robert Muldoon <laughs> it's just, <laughs> just interesting stuff like that like even being in the village as different characters and it just sort of makes fun like ziplining around the village as Dennis Nedry it's, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just, it just fun little stuff like that that just makes that game so much better now we've seen there's been release releases from lego the last week or so about uh upcoming fallen kingdom set descriptions and that um i would love Mm -hmm. if they sort of make an additional uh level or side quest or something for fallen kingdom in the lego game i don't know if they can do that or if it's going to have to be a a whole new game but Mm -hmm. i definitely want something (laughs) from fallen kingdom be involved lego playable wise but then Stuff, and especially in the village, a lot of the set design looks absolutely fantastic. Just like the broken windows and stuff like that looks really crisp and clear and good. Mm-hmm. But then they sort of have to Lego it by... If there's something where a character has to interact or whatever, it's sort of built out of uh, like Lego blocks and buttons and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, same... Of course, you got to remember, it is a Lego game. Yeah, yeah. And that sort of comes to the T with the... Uh, trying to save the RV, you've got to sort of get some parts and you build a big winching system on the front of the RV that you hook onto. And, oh, that's um, fun. Yeah, and stuff like that. Halfway through saving it, the car breaks down, or the winch breaks oh. down, so you need to be Eddie or someone with mechanical knowledge to uh, mm-hmm. to be able to fix it. Then you get back in and <laughs> try and save a day again. And then it ends with sort of Eddie, the T-Rexes arriving again and ripping the roof off, just like they do in the film. And... I'm pretty sure Eddie jumps out and runs into the forest. He doesn't actually... No one dies in the Lego games, of course. Um, yeah. Like, one funny one's Robert Muldoon in the first film. Like, he gives the raptor a banana well, so he can escape. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember in the trailer for it, we uh, see the raptors actually give him, like, a, one of those um, fruit hats. Mm. Yep. Yep. Clever girl. <laughs> <laughs> so... And that sort of, and that same sort of thing. The uh, car and trailer go over the cliff and explode, and you get sort of the the um, I'll say corny little gags of parts flying up past them and stuff like that. But um, that's more of next minutes <laughs> that we're going to yeah. talk about. But uh, yeah, it's just a it's a fun game. Um, mm-hmm. We can talk more about the Lego game as we get go, get further through. I did. Uh, I did, out of interest, just check out the Jurassic Park 3 section 2 of the lab. And it's it's another one of those things where it's sort of close, but it's not just there. Uh, you enter the Embryonics Administration building, and the, the desk and all that's there, like the front office. But instead of going past that to a hallway behind like they do in the film and the set, it's actually on the left, where you got that old open space and you see the shadow or the silhouette of the raptor run past. That's the entranceway into the lab complex. And... It's just sort of little things like that. But once you get in, you've got this massive hall with all the embryonics, robot arms, and that sort of stuff too, which is something I want to explore a lot more later on. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a good, fun game. I'm, I'm sure everyone's played it by now. If, if you haven't, 
that's probably cheap, pretty cheap on Steam, so go and find out and uh, and have a play through it. It's pretty fun. It doesn't take a lot mm-hmm. of time. Mummy, Daddy, you've got to come see this. I found something. We had word uh, on the third of November that um, Iron Studios has been given or have acquired the license to produce official Jurassic Park products. Um, yeah. At the time, I wasn't 100% or didn't really know Iron Studios. One of the uh, designers working at the uh, at the production team, like it is, Marcos, he uh, posted in Jurassic Park, the group, the uh, video for a uh, little teaser video, which is interesting, sort of inside a dark explorer with the uh, voice of Richard Kiley. Um, mm-hmm. doing the whole Welcome to Jurassic Park scene that you hear on this interactive CD-ROM in the film, which I thought was a fantastic little teaser. Um, it was only when I sort of went and sort of started chasing the news, uh, reading what Iron Studios actually do, um, a lot of statues, human statues. Yeah. Um, which so is... I know there's been speculation that there's possibly going to be uh, some human figure, not figures, but like um, statue statuettes from them. Because mm. I know Chronicles dropped the idea of doing human figures. That was that was interesting, and I was going to bring up. I wonder if there's a correlation. Yeah, that um, between Chronicles saying that we're not doing humans anymore to this, uh, but it's the Jurassic Park license, not the Jurassic World license, which I mistook. Firstly, I thought, okay, they're going to bring out some Jurassic World stuff and then they'll um, trickle out Jurassic Park products in the meantime. But no, this looks like they're going full Jurassic Park. Yeah, they also said they have some full-size items. They didn't say what those items were. Yeah. But it sounds exciting. It does. (laughs) (laughs) If if the job was to make fans interested, they've definitely done it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because obviously they also do... There are some props that they've done as well, just looking at their Facebook page. So I'd love, I know you can buy the kits to do it all, but I'd love a sort of an East Dock sign <laughs> to sit in life-size stuff like that, I can imagine. Yeah, um, or a raptor claw or stuff like that. Yeah, was Chronicle still doing a Barbasol can, or did they stop that? I have no idea, I heard that they were doing it and then they've said nothing about it since yeah heard nothing about anything they've done in a long time yeah because we've seen one or two new things at new york comic-con i think it was in the booth there but there's no i can't recall seeing a barbasol can no no the night vision goggles they've been trying to push yeah and of course sort of like the owen the owen and blue statue was something they've been trying to push as well but i don't know where that is at the moment. Um, no. Because they had... Chris Pratt gave it all the old clear um, mm-hmm. sculpt-wise, so there shouldn't be any reason why that's not still coming out. And it'll I be... even actually... Actually, I did hear... Um, I can't remember who I heard it from, but there was... I heard a rumor that they may have actually be removing Chris Pratt from the... Oh. Blue. Uh, interesting. It's just something I heard. Yeah. Like, Panicle doesn't want to do humans whatsoever. Yeah, because I yeah it is. I was looking forward to their one six stuff, and even the design team have been on various podcasts, sort of talking about um, mm-hmm. what they wanted to do, and and they'd come out and said they'd love to do the full Jurassic cast, Hammond, um, Muldoon, yeah. Nedry, sort of, and do the whole in one six sort of stuff. And mm-hmm. I was very excited. Me while it wasn't, but I think we talked back in one of the very early episodes about when they were sort of 
announcing they wanted to do all that stuff on the podcast, and it's just sad that now it looks like it's not going to happen. Um, and then now all of a sudden, Iron Studios is coming in and saying, yep, we're doing, or we do human characters. Mm-hmm. One... They got a really cool-looking um, The Last Jedi Luke Skywalker figure. Yeah, as a... Yeah, plus they've got some of the Marvel, um, Hulk and um, yeah. Thor from the new Ragnarok as well, which look fantastic. I just like that. I just like that Jurassic Park is finally getting, as a franchise, is finally getting some love that it really deserves. Because <laughs> I mean, there's been we've coming out of a period where there's just so much merchandising or bad merchandising or no merchandising at all, really. Well, we kind of so said we kind of said the same thing when Chronicle got the license too, but. Um, yeah, if, if you're after busts, that's fine. Like some of their busts, the sculpting looks nice. Um, we've talked about the breakout wrecks paint-wise and that sort of thing before. Yeah. And other figures, like I'd still love to get a compi or two or three. Um, <laughs> I never ended up. <laughs> never ended I up. Yeah. <laughs> I never ended up jumping on the uh, the baby raptors. Um, it was just something yeah. I couldn't do financially at the time, which is going to kick me in the butt later because I'm not going to be able to get them for a reasonable price, but. Um, no, 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 that's going to resell high. Yeah, that's sort of too high, too high a collector's market for me. But these these statues look fantastic, as you said. Like the Luke that we can see here is sort of uh, he's he's not just a standing figure. He's sort of he's obviously on some sort of base with one knee lifted slightly. Um, and the sculpt the sculpt looks fine. It sort of looks a little yeah. bit a little bit cheaper than what maybe a Hot Toys figure might be, but that's good because that way you don't have to pay Hot Toys prices. <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. But I think that's kind of what I expected from um, Chronicle in the first place was, like, I, when they announced they were doing one six figures was Hot Toys. That's what was my first thought was, yeah. oh, well, we're finally going to get some Hot, to- hot Toys stuff. Mm. And they'd actually said in... Hot Toys, Jurassic Park stuff. Yeah, and that's said in sort of interviews that um, they'd need to sort of cap it at the Hot Toys price, otherwise they wouldn't be able to sell, yeah. sell as many of the figures. One other thing, too, before we move on. The Chronicle have said, too, when they got the Jurassic license, it was for Jurassic World. They were told to make the Jurassic World stuff, and then um, mm-hmm. it's sort of the last... If, if you've got time to do Jurassic Park stuff, then you can go and do that. But um, yeah. they've been doing a fair bit of Jurassic Park stuff and not really a lot of Jurassic World stuff, so um, they'd be focusing more on that, but... It's just it's just great to see that uh, Iron Studios have got this got this license. Um, their products have done before look fantastic. I'm going to go and check YouTube for some reviews to actually see some in the flesh and um, yeah, or see some on review tables anyway and mm-hmm. see what uh, what comes of it. But um, exciting times, definitely. Oh, and actually, um, we just got news from a friend of ours who works on Jurassic Video with us. Uh, looks like they just. Uh, Mondo, um, I'm sorry, I'm not. Mondo News is uh, just announced that, or Synapse, uh, Synapse News is the one who's announcing it. Uh, is um, announced at MondoCon in Austin, uh, Texas, that we're going to get a new board game, Jurassic Park, or Jurassic Park, yeah, the Chaos Gene. Oh, oh yeah, I've just found it here. Um, yeah, MondoCon Austin, Jurassic Park, the Chaos Gene. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I've got I've got the board yeah I've got the board games from all the uh, all the films so this is definitely something. 
tough ones. Did Jurassic World have, a, have like its own theme board game, or was it Monopoly? Oh, I can't remember. No, yeah, I don't have the Jurassic World one. <laughs> I was talking about the original oh. trilogy. <laughs> yeah, you caught me oh, out there. Yeah. Um, interesting. I like the uh, I like the sort of decayed Jurassic Park font on the. Uh... Yeah, I do too. It, looked, it really fits in with the whole Fallen Kingdom uh, theme being a bit. Um, what's the word? I don't want to say ripoff of the Lost World, but it kind of. It's the abandonment. References. Yeah. I wonder if the chaos gene is the gene that allowed them to breed or change sex. <laughs> I don't know. That, I'm not sure what it's referencing, but that could be a very well possibility. Yeah. No, that's great. That's something else we can look forward to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently it's going to be um, either later this year or the next year. Okay. I imagine more the next year as a Fallen Kingdom merchandise. Yeah, yep. Um, Which is great because we've actually haven't had a true board I unless Dress World came out with one, which I can't remember if they did, or if it was just a Monopoly game. Yeah, I can't remember seeing yeah. one at all. Yeah. So it'd then, be the first one since two thousand one when um Dress Park three had theirs. Yeah, yeah, I got that one. <laughs> um Yeah. But it sort yeah, of it's nice play all the time. Yeah. It's sort I got of bit... to play it, but the figures were fun to play with. Mm. <laughs> I think we played it throughout, through all the way through once. Yep. Actual play. <laughs> well, that, that's the same with the Jurassic Park and the Lost World one as well. You sort of open it up and put it together, and it's like, okay, how do I play it? Um, <laughs> the Lost World one, interestingly too, is another one of those products made before the film was released. So it is a lot of that expanded worker village, the thirteen buildings mm-hmm. in the gameplay, which is sort of. A, uh, a nice little set you can have um, mm. of what the village might have looked like, but um, yeah, that, that's we're going to learn more about that in the coming coming months. Um, the Iron Studio stuff apparently there's a there's a local Comic Con in December, which they're going to have some of their first products on show there. So I cannot wait for December. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'll definitely be great to look forward to. Yep. No answer. What a surprise! How do I get that? Tie this belt around you. Where are you going, Dad? Can you stay here? Come on, stay here, Dad, please. Dad, squeeze where are you this rope hard. The harder Hello? you squeeze, the slower Hello? you go. Uh-huh. You don't squeeze you at all. I got the idea. I got the idea. Personally, I would have squeezed just a little bit harder. All right, ready to get into 63. Sure. All right. As we ended the 62nd minute of the Lost World, Eddie was trying desperately to save the RV. As we start minute 63, we cut back inside the trails as Sarah climbs a rope, but loses her grip, and she slides down, taking Nick and Ian with her, and they dangle several metres below the trailer, out in open space. At 63 minutes and 14 seconds, we cut back up to Eddie in the M-Class, as deep footsteps begin to be heard. Eddie stops pulling on the RV, and puts his head out the window and listens, as the footsteps get louder. At 63 minutes and 19 seconds, we get a shot in front of the M-Class. It's first the male, then the female Tyrannosaur come back onto the scene. Through the gloom of the night, the male drops its head and sniffs the driver's side door, seeing Eddie inside the car. Eddie guns the engine again, tyres sliding, trying to keep the car in the one spot. At 63 minutes and 33 seconds, 
We cut to the view through the male's jaws as they open and it roars. At 63 minutes and 40 seconds, Eddie looks over to the passenger window as the female lowers its head and we get that nice big beautiful eye look in through the window, straight at Eddie, and blink. At 63 minutes and 41 seconds, the male's head comes down and crashes through the roof of the M-Class, gripping it, lifting, and tearing the roof away in one foul swoop. It throws the roof aside and lunges down again, swinging its head sideways, taking out the driver's side door as Eddie ducks down below the steering wheel. Now seated in the passenger side of the car, he keeps his foot on the accelerator pedal and realises the Lindstrad air rifle is right beside him. At 63 minutes and 59 seconds, as he struggles to get the rifle free of its entanglement, the male comes down again and grips the driver's seat of the M-Class and rips it from the car. The airbag deploys. And this ends minute 63 of The Lost World. We cut last minute to uh, back inside the trailer as Sarah and team are starting to well, keep on, keep on, uh, still climbing the rope up. Um, mm-hmm. But she loses a grip and slides down the rope and taking Nick and Malcolm with her. <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. that's got to hurt your hands. Wet rope sliding oh, yeah. down that like that. Yeah. <laughs> I remember in, um, I mean, uh, elementary school, I'm not sure if they had that over in Australia. We had to climb the rope. Mm-hmm. You guys had to climb the rope when you were kids in school? No, not in school, but when I joined the army, there was a lot of rope climbing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I imagine. Yeah. And, I, yeah, I, I learnt all about gripping the rope properly. <laughs> it's great, too, because when they sort of slide down, you get Ian, so that, ugh, vocal mm-hmm. uh, ADR work, and um, they're just like an all-ball, all-ball at the end of the rope. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, what's sad is I'm watching this. Uh, I just keep going back and rewatching it on my screen on silent. And is it bad that I can hear? I've seen this movie too many times that I can hear every single sound effect, musical cue, and bit of dialogue, even though it's on silent. <laughs> <laughs> There's enough of room off that. It's only a problem when you're watching it with people that haven't seen it as many times, and you sort of telling them what's about to happen or <laughs> it gets it gets annoying <laughs> apparently well, it gets annoying uh, when people watch it with me is i give them all the behind the scenes facts and they're like stop ruining the magic for me <laughs> well that's i don't think i'd love to go and see it in the cinemas now but i wouldn't be able to go with anyone because it'd be just that <laughs> it'd be it'd be talking through the whole film it's like we paid uh-huh. to come and watch it not come to listen to you <laughs> give comments on it <laughs> pay for director comment or uh, fan commentary yeah yep but and we get we cut to a sort of a shot up looking down past the trailer as, as them all mm-hmm. uh, in their ball at the end of the rope and it's just great that you got the rain sort of glistening off the wet trailer um, a heap of water yeah. running over the cliff as well down beside them oh yeah it's like a straight up waterfall just flying over the cliff there yeah yep and yeah, the yeah, waves crashing below, below as well mm-hmm. which is great um then we cut back to Eddie in the M class. He's not really pulling the uh, pulling on the trailer, but he's sort of tugging on it and bouncing, yeah. which isn't the best for the winch. That sort of can no. damage him pretty quickly. But right. especially if plane will pull it right off the front of the truck. Yeah, no? yeah, or break the cable. Especially before when mm-hmm. he was winning, he was pulling the trailer back down with keeping force mm-hmm. on the front of it. Um, I don't know how it went from that to jerking. Because you'd think every time he backed off to 
pull again, the trail would slide back to mm. where to where it was before. But yeah, um, but I don't know. Maybe it um, got caught up on the edge of the cliff there when the tires blew out. Well, there's the other question. Okay, we've seen the tires and the 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 front of the section of the trailer pulled back up on top of the cliff. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to drag the trailer up over the cliff's edge. It's hanging down. You're only going to be able to pull so far, and that may be where it is now. It's pulled to the point where the tow hitch and the accordion connector are, are hard against the cliff's edge, and it just won't come uh, anymore. Yeah, maybe. But we get the ominous thump, thump over the mm-hmm. sound of the car revving again. Yep. And he sort of, Eddie stops and sort of, he sort of open, he sort of puts his window, oh, puts his window, puts his ear to the open window of the car and sort of listens and stops, mm-hmm. stops what he's doing. And uh, the, the two Tyrannosaurs return. Mm-hmm. Now, get... something I like you can see when um, the T-Rex are about to come up on the side, you can see a box from that was on the one, the M-Class that had one over the back of the, or, yeah, a box that was on the back of the M-Class that went over the cliff. Sorry. <laughs> a little bit of a tongue twister there. <laughs> well, even earlier in the last minute, I didn't really mention it, but when Ian sort, uh, when Eddie's sort of um, drifting side to side in the M-Class trying to pull the RV back up, um, a couple of containers actually fall out of the back of it onto yeah. the set as well. But um, we get the male sort of emerge first out of the haze and uh, mm-hmm. come around to the driver's side. The female comes out just a little bit later and uh, goes around the passenger side of the M-Class. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, just I've, a... always, I've always loved this shot of the two of them together. Yeah, you know? yep. Yep, it's sort of... I'll just love them. It sort of a HD screen cap of it just blown up on the wall. Um, mm-hmm. But it's sort of hard to judge where. Either them just starting to emerge from the, the darkness or of them sort of when they finally get to the M class, mm-hmm. you could take like several frames of film. You could take any one of them and it just, it'd look fantastic blown up on the wall. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but, uh, we get a real nice close up and animatronic male here too, as it, mm-hmm. uh, lulls yeah. its head down at Eddie's door yeah. and starts to sniff. Yeah. And I like that they brought back that, um, that effect that kind of, um, uh, vapor effect that they used in the first movie with the female T-Rex. Yep. Animatronic, where we see the vapor effect come out of the nostril, and in that in the first movie, it hits uh, Alan Grant's hat and blows his head off, which mm. it wouldn't do in reality, <laughs> but it's that's another movie. Yeah. But yeah, it's great that they brought that effect back, and I love that you can see this close-up shot, and it's like uh, the whole. I want to see the face, warts and all. No. Mm, yep. So you yep. can see those little bumps all over the snout. And it just it again adds to the animatronic work of just having the the nostrils act um, as it's breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, definitely. That's that's a great effect that Stanwyst Studios included. Mm. As a real uh, amount of lifelikeness to these animatronics. Yeah. 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 Well, it's the same with the eyeball being able to pivot all the way, like move around mm-hmm. um, the whole skin and sort of uh, the effect of the eye, eyes opening, eyes closing, squinting, that sort of effect yeah. as well. Or even the even the eye being radio controlled so that they can uh, dilate the pupil. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it's still one of my favourite scenes in sort of Jurassic Park where the Rex lowers its head down beside the explorer mm-hmm. and looks through and 
looks around, closes, opens, oh, like blinks, and then pulls its head back up. It's just, that's and just fantastic. Yeah, it does. And then we get that nice callback again here when he looks over to the female and she <laughs> opens her eye and the pupil dilates. Yeah, yep. Then we cut back to the driver's side and the male's got its head still down there and we get that uh, great shot through its jaws as they open and it roars and you see Eddie's face and it's just like, he knows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he can't he can't do anything here. But, um... mm-hmm. It's a great bit of cinema, uh, camera work here where it almost makes the head look bigger than it really is. Yeah. The eyeball, the eyeball is really no bigger than a man's hand, but here it almost looks like the size of Eddie's head. You know? Mm, yep. Yep. And with these jaws open, it just looks like it could engulf the whole explorer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that whole that whole eyeball is just glaring into Eddie's uh, mm. car. Yep. Now a lot of people, I think, say um, or question why the animals return. Or, yeah, why the T-Rex returned to finish off Eddie. And I always, my answer was always that, I mean, he's sitting there revving his engine, making all sorts of noise and smells, and that's going to attract these big predators. Of course it's going to attract these big predators. They just left the scene and toppled what they thought was a threat to their infant. And then here comes Eddie, making more noise and smells and blowing exhaust everywhere and burning rubber. Of course, that's going to bring him back. You know? Yeah. Well, the yeah. the cars, well, the Jeep, the Explorer, especially in the novel, was an electric car. The the RV was electric as well. Um, mm-hmm. That's not the case here. We've seen before with engine noises being heard, and definitely here when he's sort of trying to save the trailer, you can definitely hear the uh, the V six engine in there revving as well, and it's it sort of goes hand in hand with why did they leave in the first place when they didn't finish the trailers off um and now all of a sudden coming back yes there's there's a lot more noise the lights sort of um shining everywhere as the car's going back and forward um Mm -hmm. there might have been something that uh drew the t-rex away to start with and now they're just returning because of the noise again but i don't think it's unless we get a uh interview with steven Mr. Spielberg, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I don't think it's ever going to be addressed. It might, it's just another one of those things. It's probably on the cutting room floor somewhere. It's not. There's nothing mentioned in the pre-San Diego script at all. Um, unlike we see Malcolm sort of leave the trailer and see that the Rexes are coming back um, for when they roll over and attack him. But um, there's nothing really involving this scene. No. But uh, they're back, and... Uh, they're going to finish what they started. They The male comes down mm-hmm. and sort of bursts, um, bursts his head down through the sunroof, which is another little call back to Jurassic Park, um, mm-hmm. and just grabs the whole rear section of the roof and lifts it off the car. Now, in the um, storyboards here, originally the T-Rex would grab the back of the car and lift it up, in which case Eddie would rub the... would uh, press the gas and, and give the... Uh, Male T-Rex some tire burn, I guess, on his tongue. That was interesting because what... Yeah, he um, the male sort of reaches down, grabs the rear tire or the rear of the car, and Eddie's gunning the engine to try and keep the car in place. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, when the rear wheels are lifted off the ground, the whole car starts to roll forward um, under the weight of the RV, and the female actually puts her foot on the bonnet. And we'll see, mm-hmm. in, we'll see next minute, especially when they... Uh, 
remove Eddie from the car, her foot's on the front of the bonnet of the car. Um, yeah. Which sort of we don't see. Yeah, that was a practical foot. And I wonder if that was the foot that Stan Winston Studios used to make all the footprints. All yeah, around. yeah. Yep, it's quite possible. Mm-hmm. Um, now, an interesting thing here is that it's a great point to make an analyst of all the of the T-Rex attack patterns because we see here that if the T-Rex wanted uh, that back in the first movie when the T-Rex are attacking the kids, if the T-Rex wanted to get in there, he could, she could have, she could have mm. slammed her nose, ripped the, ripped the frame right apart like the T-Rex does here, and just go get him, you know. Yeah. Which I think she does actually in the um, book. I think she uh, rams her head into the front of the car, and um, Tim describes being able to feel the female T-Rex's hot breath in the car. Yeah, well, it snakes its tongue and actually wraps around. Tim's face, and he nearly loses consciousness. No, that was um, later in the book when he's... Oh, at the waterfall. Um, yeah. yeah, the waterfall. Yeah. Which, of course, we get adapted in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor Burke. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> but it's sort of, it's another thing, too, here, where the male rip, uh, rips the roof off. It's sort of, that's why the M-Class probably didn't have any other windows in it, apart from the front window on the, the sunroof, or the sky skylight on the roof of it. Um, mm-hmm. just so you haven't got all that sort of debris raining down on the actor mm-hmm. um, and it's funny too we're gonna we got a couple more little snippets from the Richard Shift interview from the Jurassic Cast podcast um, that we're gonna play and sort of look in a bit more in 64 but um, he was actually saying here how Spielberg wanted the stunt guy to be in the car when the roof's ripped off and the door's ripped off and when he's uh, pulled out of the car but because obviously here we see several shots of Eddie's face, it just didn't look look right with the stunt guy there. So Eddie insisted that he'd, he himself would, or Richard insisted that he'd be in the car up until the point where he's pulled out because they just they, mm-hmm. they wouldn't let him do it. Um, yeah. They even had sort of questions about the stunt guy doing it just because of the position you're in when you're being pulled out. They didn't want to break anyone's back <laughs> or anything like that because, again... Uh, 9,000 pounds of animatronic here. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but you can't actually see them pra- um, yeah, practicing this uh, effect here in the behind the scenes when um, and that was always one of the first iconic shots that stuck with me with, with the um, when we first got the behind the, the yeah, the making of um, VHS's. Yep was the shot of the stunt double in that back brace being held, being swung around by the T-Rex animatronic, which at the time was unfinished. Mm. Yeah, and it's it's something. We'll go into it next minute, too, and just how they slowed the footage, or slowed the filming down of it to almost a slow mm-hmm. motion, um, pulling out just so when it was sped back up, it looked real time. Yeah, because um, um, in, in the making of book, they describe how... They couldn't see any. They couldn't see at Richard Shift because of the, they were all hidden behind the foliage here. And that's what he they, says. The fake foliage. Yeah, and that's Sorry, what he, that's what he says in the um, interview too. So the mm-hmm. animatronic guys are sitting there acting with the dinosaur, either looking at a little tiny screen, computer screen at the um, video from above of what the animal's actually doing, or they're hidden somewhere and they can't actually see see real time. 
and they're here they are, they've got to bring this head down from the mail and grab an actor on the knee, on the leg, and pull him out yeah, of the car. Yeah, that's what they say in the making of, too, that they had to film the entire scene from behind a 12-inch video screen. Yeah, yep. <laughs> Which, I mean, I couldn't even imagine doing that. My oh. computer screen's bigger than that. Yeah, yep. You know? Yeah, just, that's that's your whole world. That's your view of everything you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sort of it brings us back to what the male's doing here too, because it sort of throws the roof to a side, to the side, and it comes yeah. back down with its head and swings, swings its head, pretty much removing the driver's door off the uh, car as well. Um, mm-hmm. Which again, Richard Schiff was saying here, is in this car with the door was obviously made to be able to come apart and that, but the animal's yeah. actually hitting the car and doing this damage, mm-hmm. and his faith is in some animatronic puppeteers behind behind shrubs or hidden away looking at a little screen hoping they don't swing too far one way or the other which is just amazing but um eddie sort of climbs down behind the steering wheel between the steering wheel and the passenger side door um keeping his foot on the gas pedal of course trying to keep the weight on the front of the uh the trails which makes me think the uh female hasn't put a foot on the front of the car yet um, or he just doesn't know that she has, and <laughs> having the foot on the pedal won't really help at all. But he then notices that he's got his little straight air rifles sitting there on the passenger mm-hmm. seat as well, which he starts trying to pull out um, to uh, obviously use in defence. Um, mm-hmm. Which they're not going to kill the dog. I don't. There's no way he would have been able to get that rifle out and fired, killing one or both Tyrannosaurs mm-hmm. if that was the case. Uh, I think, <laughs> I think the Lost World would probably get a lot more fan hate than <laughs> Jurassic Park Free, maybe. Yeah, really. <laughs> even if he was able to, though, there's still the chance of one or one or even both falling on him. Yeah. Falling on. Yeah. That's twelve thousand or yeah, uh, yeah. That's um what eighteen thousand pounds landing on him. Mm. Times two, possibly. Not just that too. That car's the only lifeline the trailer's got of stopping from going over the cliff so if uh, anything happened to it like if they rolled it or something when they were falling mm-hmm. it could have um, jeopardised the whole thing now I suppose it's it, it was set up earlier when they were on the barge arriving at the island that it was a kill kill weapon not a just a tranquilizer rifle maybe it was just a tranquilizer rifle and they knocked one of the trenosaurs out but then with the hunters arriving on the scene they'd have their catch so no it was it was definitely a kill rifle um uh richard schiff made it explicitly clear mm. here that if ian malcolm were to shoot himself in the foot he'd be dead before he even had realized he had an accident yeah and it's sort of it's one of those biggest the bigger problems i've sort of had with the films you don't really see and i suppose you don't really need to see dinosaurs shot it's they're not that type of film but um if you're going to have a spaz 12 or a, a gun like this that can kill you sort of need to show it on something even if it's um another person <laughs> maybe <laughs> shoot see someone shooting themselves in the foot or something or it ricocheting off a tree and hitting someone in the neck or um but uh he can't he can't get it out um anyway and the male comes mm-hmm. down again and bites the driver's seat and uh pulls just rips the seat out of the car uh setting mm-hmm. off the airbag Yep. And um, that's where the minute ends off. Mm-hmm. But um, 
it's just again great seeing the animatronic sort of acting we we talked a couple of minutes ago about um whether or not that it was actual the t-rex nudging the trailer and making it rock um seeing what the t- male's doing here it's more more possible than not that the, the animatronic itself was uh, actually interacting with the vehicles and the the uh, destruction here. Yeah, it's um when we see the hood here, I think you can actually see that the female, and this kind of goes in the next minute too when the male lifts up, but the female's still back in the foliage. Oh, okay. She hasn't moved up to yet to actually be in the um actually be. She hasn't moved up and put her foot on the hood yet. Okay. All right. Well, that's 63. Anything else you want to add before we get out of here for the day? Yeah, I think we're good. Lovely. All right. All right, guys. Let's get the hell out of here. Contact details are on the website, thelostworldminute.com. You can email feedback to thelostworldminute at gmail.com. Facebook, The Lost World Minute. Twitter, at The Lost World Minute. And Instagram, The Lost World Minute. Easy to remember. Yeah. Yep. Very easy to remember. Uh, David, thank you for joining me for this recording. And uh, we'll be back. I've been Brad. I'm Dave. And uh, we'll talk to you all later. Talk to you later. Bye. It is absolutely imperative that we work with the Costa Rican Department of Biological Preserves to establish a set of rules for the preservation and isolation of that island. These creatures require our absence to survive, not our help. And if we could only step aside and trust in nature, life will find a way.